listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. Uh, we've got uh, a lot to get to today. I hope that you'll be here for the uh, full context of uh, today's show. Uh, Steve Cortez will join us to talk about uh, inflation and what type of impact that's going to have on us. We've got a couple of other things I want to make sure you're aware of on the National Day of Prayer. Stay here. Something interesting is happening with this. Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. I found this thing at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big dog has come out of nowhere. Kevin McCullough. I just want to help people think. Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. He is playing the role as, uh, as well as anybody could. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, uh, glad to have you with us. It is the National Day of Prayer, and this morning... Uh, Our president released a statement, as most presidents have done in recent years, acknowledging this day. Uh, In fact, uh, I saw a couple of teachers on uh, social media even printed it out and posted it in their classrooms, which uh, I I applaud wholeheartedly. Uh, Thank you, President Biden, for acknowledging this National Day of Prayer. Uh, And when we think about why the nation should spend time praying. There's a story playing out right here in New York that obviously, I just think it demonstrates the need most profoundly. Um, I would say that one of the most important reasons our nation needs prayer is because we are so morally confused. Uh, we, we, We believe ourselves to be right about things that are morally egregiously wrong. And we call some things that are absolutely wrong, right. And when you live in a world of moral confusion, I think it stems largely from a lack of acknowledgement that there is a final moral authority. In in my case, in my belief system, I would believe that that is the God of the Bible and that what he says matters and that what I want to think about it or have to say about it is far less important than what he says. But here in New York, we're in the middle of a little tiff. Uh, And this is kind of interesting because um, you're seeing one very far-left Democrat, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Mayor Eric Adams uh, kind of at the opposite ends of this this philosophical debate. But uh, AOC butted heads with uh, the mayor today over the death of this homeless man, maybe you've seen the footage of it, Jordan Neely, in the NYC subway. Uh, She voiced outrage on Wednesday night uh, over the death of this man, a man who lost his life, what she said, or or lost his life while being restrained by other passengers during what's been deemed a mental breakdown on the New York City subway where he was yelling at and threatening passengers. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're on the subway and someone gets up and starts throwing things, yelling, obscene, violent things, and seems to threaten that he's going to do something to hurt people, I think that if, if, you, were, if you were on that train... Maybe you're a mom traveling with your your daughter and you're trying to get from one place to another. Maybe you're a little bit grateful that a a 24-year-old Marine veteran stepped up and took control. Uh, But he wasn't by himself. Two other passengers also helped restrain Neely. And that tells you a little bit about uh, how violent he was. If If it took three people to be able to safely pin him down, then you know that he was extraordinarily violent. And and the fact that the 24-year-old Marine wasn't able to, to contain him alone points to that on some level. Now, what happened was when, when, they, got, when they got him down, so the two other passengers were, were pinning down his arms, 
um, and and shoulders, and um, the the marine, the young man, um, put him in a chokehold, and he lost consciousness. He he went into the the blackout. Um, EMT showed up not long after that, took him to the hospital, but he was declared dead not long after arriving. The New York Medical Examiner's Office ruled the death a homicide by pressure to the neck, and the Marine was then arrested uh, and taken into custody, but he was later released without charges. Um, The DA's office has promised to review the medical examiner's report, look at the video and the photo footage, identify and interview witnesses, and obtain some medical records. Um, But that didn't stop AOC. She just jumped to to the fore and said, Jordan Neely was murdered, but Jordan was homeless and crying for food in a time when the city is raising rents and stripping services to militarize itself. While many in power demonize the poor, the murderer gets protected with passive headlines and no charges. It's disgusting. The mayor put out a different statement around the same time. He said any loss of life is tragic. There's a lot we don't know about what happened here. So I'm going to refrain from commenting further. He continued, however, we do know there were serious mental health issues in play, which our administration has made record investment in providing care to those who ended it, who ended it and getting people off the streets and subways and out of dangerous situations. AOC sharing the mayor's statement on her social media called the tempered response a new low for refusing to call his death a murder. She said, this honestly feels like a new low, not being able to clearly condemn a public murder because the victim was of a social status that would that would deem too low to care about, Ocasio-Cortez wrote. The last sentence is especially rich from an administration trying to cut the very services that could have helped him. Mayor Adams went on CNN primetime to discuss the situation and was asked for a response to the congresswoman's statement. And he said, I don't think that's very responsible at a time when we're still investigating the situation. Let's let the DA conduct the investigation with law enforcement officials to really interfere with that is not the right thing to do. And I'm going to be responsible and allow them to do their job and allow them to determine exactly what happened here. Of course, last night, protesters held a a vigil for Neely uh, with dozens of people protesting the Broadway Lafayette subway station, demonstrators shouting Black Lives Matter and F. Eric Adams. This is a solemn and serious matter that ended in the tragic loss of Jordan Neely's life, said the DA's office. This investigation is being handled by senior, experienced prosecutors, and we will provide an update when there is additional public information to share. In every aspect of this story, there is human pain. There is pain for the loss of of life. There is pain for the subway riders who were deathly afraid of a man being violent and out of control and within arm's reach of them. I am nearly positive that it brings the Marine, the retired Marine, and the other two people that held Mr. Neely down, I'm I'm entirely positive it doesn't bring them any joy for what has happened. In this situation. And if there was not another news story anywhere in all of the media today, you could look at this and see that mankind is not able to solve all of mankind's problems. AOC and Eric Adams belong to the same political party as do probably the majority of the subway riders and the people that were involved. But politics didn't solve this problem. And much to AOC's chagrin, neither would have more resources being devoted to this or to that. This was a situation that was tragic and a man lost his life. And that happened because someone was trying to protect innocent life from the man who was being dangerous. You want to see evidence that America needs prayer on the National Day of Prayer? That's it right there. I'm Kevin McCullough coming back. 
I've been in show business my entire life. I know when someone's an actor or an actress. And I'd hear Balance of Nature being advertised, and I just thought, these are real people out there. And they seem to just be really telling the truth about this product that they love. So I started using Balance of Nature, and immediately I started seeing results. And I went, oh my gosh, this works. I literally called up the founder, and I said, I've never done this before in my life. I want to tell people about Balance of Nature. I want it to do for them what it's done for me. Join Kathy Lee Gifford and thousands of people worldwide on a journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order. That's 1-800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KLG. Inflation is out of control. Grocery bills are insane. Rates on consumer debt, credit cards, charge cards, installment loans are the highest they've been in years. Something has got to give. Hi, it's Kevin McCullough. If you've found the home of your dreams but are concerned about the mortgage rates, you need to give my friends Mike Rakeman and Brian Sheely over at Fellowship Home Loans a call. 1-800-804-SAVE. That's 1-800-804-SAVE. Or go to fellowshiphomeloans.com. Fellowship Home Loans has access to multiple down payment assistance programs. Consolidating that high interest debt into your mortgage could help you save hundreds, if not thousands of dollars each month. FHL has access to home equity lines of credit if you're in need of cash quickly. They also have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of five-star reviews from happy clients online. So don't delay. 1-800-804-SAVE. That's 1-800-804-SAVE. Or go to fellowshiphomeloans.com, Nationwide Mortgage, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 819382, Licensed Mortgage Bankers, NYS Department of Financial Services. Whether you own a local business or a global one, you know that these days, generating growth is a challenge. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll not just stay ahead of the curve, you'll move it. With access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter, locally and globally. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2023, Bank of America, N.A. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Does elder care or state law ever confuse you? Does me. That's why I'm glad Mike Connors is available to answer your question every Thursday on Kevin McCullough Radio. Just send him your question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call 718-238-6500. You can get your questions answered here on Kevin McCullough Radio, and he will also uh, answer them on his show, Ask the Lawyer. That's Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock on AM 570 and FM 102.3, The Mission, WMCA, and Sunday mornings starting at 11 on AM 970. The answer. Download the AM570 The Mission mobile app on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on WMCA.com, TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. Do you love to travel and have fun? Have you booked travel for yourself, relatives, business, or church groups? Have you ever thought it'd be fun to have your own travel agent business? Learn how you can earn more, save more, and travel more. Call Winston Ali at 347-494-1528. Claim your independence in 2023 by having your own online travel agent business. Call Winston Ali at 347-494-1528. The team at The Travel Group is looking for women and men who are entrepreneurial and would like to have their own online travel agent business. Claim your independence in 2023 by having your own online travel agent business. Call Winston Ali at 347-494-1528 within the next eight hours to receive a special discount. Learn how you can earn more, save more, and travel more. Call Winston Ali at 347-494-1528. In 2023, have more fun, travel more, and earn more money by starting your own online travel agent business. Call now. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, glad to have you with us. Uh, you know we have been covering the uh, the use of the interest rates by the Fed uh, for what they have explained. At least the best that they can come up with is to say this is this is how they have to keep the uh, economy regulated so that inflation doesn't get out of control. And they've come up with a whole bunch of other uh, excuses over time. Uh, but not everyone's buying it. And uh, Steve Cortez, uh, a former colleague here at Salem uh, and is still a, a patriot working hard to get uh, registered uh, voters ready to go for 2024, 
uh, and you've, you've seen him on uh, places like CNBC and CNN and Fox News, uh, Steve released a graph yesterday that uh, indicated some pretty interesting things about this uh, whole practice of uh, interest rates and what they're doing with them. Steve, welcome back to Kevin McCullough Radio. It's good to have you. Hey, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You got it. So you, you say that when they, when they do this, when they uh, raise the interest rates, that what they are setting up Main Street for is eventual failure. Explain how you connect those dots. Yeah. Listen, that's the unfortunate reality right now is we are already enduring a credit crunch. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lack of availability of loans for regular people. Um, anybody who's applied for a mortgage lately, you know, knows this. Uh, the terms are incredibly onerous. The interest rates are high. Um, and the amount of introspection into your life is significant. And by the way, that's that's OK. That's a good thing generally. But the point is, it's incredibly hard to get a loan on, on, a, on a personal level, certainly on a, on a business level, because interest rates have risen so dramatically because of Biden's inflation that the, uh, the availability of loans and, and this regional banks continue to do worse and worse. And that is a continuing crisis, a created crisis because of what Biden has done to interest rates, because of what he's done to inflation in this country, the availability of loans and credit to small business, to Main Street enterprises in the United States is becoming ever more difficult. And that kind of credit crunch, and that's a term that I think, unfortunately, a lot of Americans are going to get used to. They probably haven't heard before or haven't considered very much, uh, Kevin, that they're going to get used to. Um, That credit crunch is real. It is accelerating. Unfortunately, it's intensifying. Um, And given what's going on in the economy right now, it's going to get worse. You know, the Federal Reserve Bank, raised rates this week, and it raised rates into a, a demonstrably decelerating economy. Now, that is very, very unusual historically. Normally, if the Fed is raising rates, it's raising rates to, you know, sort of, and then the term that's used proverbially is sort of pull the punch bowl away, right? Okay, the party's getting too hot. The party's, you know, going on too long, too loud. We need to pull back the punch bowl, right? Like, let's, let's uh, let the party die down. We have the opposite right now. The party's done. The party's over. Uh, It's far from a party economically. Uh, The economy is decelerating significantly, but at the same time, inflation is accelerating. And so because of that, the Fed is raising rates into an economy that is intensely slowing down. Very, very unusual situation, something we haven't experienced in this country since the 1970s. And uh, a really a terrible predicament, and then one that is produced by policy, not just you know bad luck, right. not the business cycle. You know, it's policy. Objective economists look at this and say, um, guys, this is the wrong time to be raising rates, uh, given the slowdown that we're talking about in in the private sector. But unfortunately, when we look at grocery store prices, for example, grocery prices are up ten percent year over year, much more than that for you know certain items, but broadly. 10% year over year. So it, again, we're in this really unusual situation where the economy is doing worse and worse, but inflation is accelerating. And so given that, to be quite honest, and I'm no fan of Fed at all. As a matter of fact, I think we should do away with the Fed. It's a whole, a whole other topic for another time. But uh, I'm no fan of the Fed. I'm no fan of Jay Powell, uh, the chairman of the Fed. In this case, I do think they actually do need to raise rates to try to to restrain inflation in this country. But the point is, uh, right now, there is no good option. Right? Like, in other words, the economy is backed into a corner. The economy, you know, an economy of incredibly slow growth or no growth, a recessionary economy for most of America, particularly when it comes to manufacturing. That's not my opinion. To my no, but I understand that, Steve. That. So, again, I ask my question. Why are they taking that approach? You don't have an economy that's overheating. You have one that's slowing down massively, obviously the uh, lack of availability for credit is going to kill entrepreneurs and people that are trying to get businesses off the ground. Why would they say now is the time to raise the rates? I don't understand. It doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah. No, no, and it doesn't. And you're right. It doesn't make sense, right? It's sort of a, you know, a, uh, you know, it's a yin and a yang of, you know, the American economy right now in terms of policy, two forces, the monetary policy of the Fed, the fiscal policy of the tax and spend exorbitant um, liberal uh, White House and Congress, you know, it, it's, it's eating its own tail. And that, that is the reality right now. But why, to answer your question, you know, why raise rates now? Well, because inflation, again, is still, despite the slowing economy, 
inflation is still out of control, particularly when it comes to the staples items of life, the have-to items, right, of electricity, food. I mean, the things that people need, not not discretionary items, not the luxuries, but you know, the have-to staples items of life, those are still accelerating in price. And given that reality, I think it is actually appropriate for the Fed, Fed to raise rates. But again, it's, this is a terrible situation. There, there are no good options right now. Um, and to me, the best option, though, like, okay, what's the way out? The way out is for the House GOP to continue to hold the line on spending. If we yeah. hold the line on the exorbitant borrowing and spending, if we, if we hold the line on the debt ceiling, that is the way that we start to change. So let me ask you, let me ask you about that, because McCarthy obviously got the debt ceiling bill done more to his liking than, than not to his liking. Um, and they made significant uh, expenditure reductions in that process. What what do you think happens from that point forward? Yeah. No, and listen, I, I was a big uh, uh, critic of Speaker McCarthy for a long time before he became Speaker. And I came around. He won me over, and I took a lot of uh, heat from this from some of my friends on the right that I backed him in the race for Speaker. Uh, and admittedly, late, you know, late in the game, I came around to his side. The main reason was I believed that he meant it and that he had a plan to do this, to, to, to bring this moment politically, financially in the country where we need to be, where we can have a serious decision point about you know, whether or not we are going to spend ourselves into oblivion and you know, endless inflation or not. And I think so far I've been vindicated on this. I think he's done exactly the right thing. I wish he would have cut spending even further, but I think it's what he could get done to get to 218 votes. He did it. The House took action. They passed an actual law. They passed an actual resolution. You know, that matters. And the, to me, the, you know, the ball's now in the, in the court of, of, of the White House. I mean, it's up to Biden. What is he going to do from here? And if he chooses, and it's on him, if he chooses to default, if he chooses to not pay our bills on time, which he can, you know, there's plenty of money coming in. But if he chooses to not pay our bills, that is the onus is on him now. It is on Biden and it is on the Democrats. And I think that was very skillful and very correct politically and financially um, in regards to Speaker McCarthy. So I'm, I'm really proud of what he did. More to come, I hope. Uh, but it's a good first step to get into back on a place to fiscal sanity. Kevin, what's going on in this country right now is directly related to the exorbitant borrowing and spending of the federal government. Oh, no doubt. No question. And and my, my biggest concern is that we um, we use the limited powers we have holding one house uh, and the power of the purse to curb it as much as we can. That helps us make the case for changing out uh, the other side of that building and the White House in 24. Steve Cortez, thank you for your input today. We appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away. Listen to Pray for the Nations every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. with Pastor David Hernquist of Van Nest Assembly of God in the Bronx. Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We believe that God's word for 2022 is to simply preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus to every people group in the earth. As we pray for the nations to hear about Jesus, we believe for a global awakening to our Savior. We invite you to listen to Pray for the Nations every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. Van Nest Assembly of God is located at 755 Rhinelander Avenue in the Bronx, between Holland and Wallace Avenues. VanNestAssembly.com provides more information about the continuing education classes with Berean School of the Bible through Global University. These courses are designed to help fulfill your calling as a church leader, layperson, or for your personal enrichment. Tune in to Pray for the Nations every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. VanNestAssembly.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough. WMCA is proud to announce the date for our upcoming Pastors Appreciation Breakfast and Ministry Exhibition. It's our honor to give back to the hardworking pastors and ministry leaders in our community. Let's get together and be the church. Visit WMCA.com to register today. So spread the word and join us on Thursday, May 11th at Anton's in Queens Village. The Pastors Appreciation Breakfast will include fellowship, worship, an empowering keynote address from Pastor Alan Jackson, and this is a unique moment where the church can gather to encourage each other to press on. So don't miss it. Complimentary breakfast will be provided. Ample parking is available on site. All you have to do is register at WMCA.com. The Pastors Appreciation Breakfast is free for pastors, church leaders, and their guests. 
But again, you must register at WMCA.com. And if you're not a ministry leader, listeners can purchase tickets for only $15 and still attend. Let's get together and be the church. Visit WMCA.com to register today. The Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast is sponsored by Alliance University. We're entering a time of hostility against the faithful, a time when Christians are going to be tested on a moral, physical, and even financial basis, unlike any other time in your life. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author and evangelical leader, here to remind you that you are the one that has to take action to protect and steward the gifts that God has given you. For example, with record high inflation eating away at the dollar, many people's savings and retirement is going to start to evaporate. Fortunately, God always provides a way to fight back. To protect your retirement, I recommend that you diversify your 401k or IRA right out of paper assets and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with Gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Now, to see how it works, just text the word DIVINE, D-I-V-I-N-E, to 989898 to get a free info kit on Gold IRAs. There are no strings attached, so text DIVINE to 989898 right now, and I pray your family is blessed with continued prosperity. A good work partner knows what you need before you need it. That's how it feels when you work with Cintas. Your dedicated Cintas service reps get to know your business and have the industry knowledge that can help you prepare for what's ahead. They'll deliver your team's workwear freshly laundered. Make sure your first aid and safety supplies, mats, mops, and towels are stocked when you need them. And your fire extinguishers are inspected and in working order. Visit Cintas.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the workday. I thought learning a language would be too much work, but Babbel makes learning fun. Jim Babel. Babbel's lessons only take 10 or 15 minutes, and soon you turn and realize, hey, I'm starting to speak another language. How'd that happen? Babbel isn't robots talking. You learn words and phrases from real native speakers. I was ready for real-life conversations in just a few weeks. So easy. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors and Sullivan Broadcast Studio. Obliterating confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, we roll on uh, from the uh, federal uh, government to the state. Um, what what is going on with um, the state legislature? Uh, Kathy Hochul has seen to it that uh, New York State has become the first state to ban gas stoves. Uh, so we're not going to have a gas stove possibility uh, in new construction going forward. Um, and I don't know or see or recognize or understand how that helps the people of New York uh, in any way. Um, but she's also trying to do some other things that I think are a little bit um, nefarious. Uh, The Gotham Gazette reporting that uh, she and the legislature are looking to allocate $337 million to fight gun violence, but where are they going to use that money, and how uh, how will it be allocated, what will it be doing? That's the concern of Assembly, uh, Assemblyman Michael Tanunis, uh, who represents Southern Brooklyn and the eastern shore of Staten Island. Uh, Assemblyman, welcome. Uh, thank you for being uh, back with us. Uh, you, you sit in the seat that uh, Nicole Maliotakis used to sit in. Is that correct? That is correct. I took over. I ran uh, for Nicole's seat once Nicole uh, ran for Congress. That's yeah. Correct. And you've done a you've done a good job for the people that you represent since then. Talk to me about um, what you think of this legislation uh, or, or the proposal, and, and what are you hearing about how they're going to implement it? Well, you know, first I want to say that, you know, you want to combat gun violence and you want to combat violence on the streets. The best way to do it would be to make significant changes to the bail reform law and to the raise the age laws. Uh, we had a situation in this budget where the uh, governor and the legislature agreed to very minimal changes where previously on certain offenses that a judge is allowed to set bail, they were instructed uh, to make the least restrictive means possible for a defendant to come back to court. Uh, currently now, with this budget that was passed yesterday, now it's a reasonableness standard, so to speak. Uh, what I believe they should have done is increase the amount of crimes that a judge is allowed to set bail for. And in addition to that, they should have added in a dangerousness standard. 
you know, the, the state of New Jersey in 2017, which is two years before we passed bail reform, when they passed bail reform, they put a dangerousness standard. A judge should be able to set to hold someone if they believe they are a danger to the community. Of course, they would have to put the facts on the record and it would have to be uh, actual uh, factual. Uh, but I believe that's the best way to combat gun violence for our city. So what are they actually suggesting? If they're not doing those two things, what are they actually proposing? Well, from, from what I see from the budget, uh, they are just going to throw money into different programs uh, that they hope is going to uh, be able uh, to turn the, the violence around, uh, which, which, which I, believe me, I, I, think it's, I think it's great. I think we should definitely be investing in our communities to reduce the violence, but you have to be effective uh, the best way. Well, that's my plan. point. Like, you can, okay, you get a splashy headline for a day in the news cycle because you said $337 million. But if you, if you blow that $337 million and there is no tangible result on the other end of it, all you've done is blow through $337 million taxpayer dollars that the people of New York needed instead. I would really like the governor to tell us, you want $337 million tax dollars? That's a lot of money. What's the deal with, with this? And has she given us any detail about the types of things she wants to see happen? I haven't seen any type of specific details as to where you know, either the entire amount of money or even a portion of the money is going to go to. But I, I'll tell you this, Kevin, $1, million, $1 billion went towards Thrive NYC. What did that get us? Absolutely nothing, right? Throwing money at a problem is not going to help unless you have an actual plan going forward. And those changes to the bail reform laws, that could have happened for free. It was, was, was not necessary to add money to the budget in order to make those changes so judges could actually have discretion. Uh, you know, judges are in the best possible situation to make decisions uh, about a defendant's freedom or, or whether bail should be set because the judges are the ones that get to see the defendant. What happens a year from now when she says, I need a half, bil- I need a half million more? or a half billion more. It's got to be something that we've got to call her to account. We've got to call the legislature to account, and we've got to say you can't just spend money and not change things. I'm not even sure if you, if you spend money it's going to change things, but you certainly can't spend it and not do anything. Absolutely, Kevin. I mean, this budget was $230 billion. I believe it was the biggest budget ever in the history of New York State. And it is money being spent. I mean, I mean, listen, there were some good things in the budget, of course. When you spend that amount of money, uh, some of it at least is going to be good uh, and, and, and help the state of New York. But you cannot just throw money towards the problem. And you need to bring the stakeholders to the table, keep in mind, because yep. when they passed yep. these original bail reform laws, they didn't speak to the police. They didn't speak to prosecutors. They spoke to defender services. They spoke to defender And they didn't services. speak to judges. The very people they they took the decision-making away from, they didn't even include in the conversation. It's a scandal. It it has caused more violent crime in New York than was necessary, and we've all suffered because of it. Um, But, Michael Tanunas, I'm grateful that you're there fighting the good fight. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. It's a pleasure. You got it. Kevin McCullough, we've still got uh, some more stuff straight ahead on today's show. Don't go away. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where author Idala of the author Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Hi, Kevin McCullough. WMCA is proud to announce the date for our upcoming Pastors Appreciation Breakfast and Ministry Exhibition. It's our honor to give back to the hardworking pastors and ministry leaders in our community. Let's get together and be the church. Visit WMCA.com to register today. So spread the word and join us on Thursday, May 11th at Anton's in Queens Village. 
The Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast will include fellowship, worship, an empowering keynote address from Pastor Alan Jackson. And this is a unique moment where the church can gather to encourage each other to press on. So don't miss it. Complimentary breakfast will be provided. Ample parking is available on site. All you have to do is register at WMCA.com. The Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast is free for pastors, church leaders, and their guests. But again, you must register at WMCA.com. And if you're not a ministry leader, listeners can purchase tickets for only $15 and still attend. Let's get together and be the church. Visit WMCA.com to register today. The Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast is sponsored by Alliance University. Listen to the Mission WMCA anywhere you go with the AM570, the Mission mobile app. Download on Google Play, iTunes, or listen to TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. AM970, the answer is bringing Dr. Lederman's expertise in alternative cancer treatments to prime time every Monday night at 7. Dr. Lederman is triple board certified in radiation oncology, medical oncology, and internal medicine, and is the first physician to perform non-invasive body radio surgery in the Western Hemisphere, treating thousands of patients covering nearly every size, site, and type of cancer, large and small, primary and metastatic. Listen to Dr. Lederman Monday night at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. Parents, are you tired of helping put your kids' shoes on? They're squirming, watching cartoons, anything but helping. Luckily, it's Skechers to the rescue. Introducing new hands-free Skechers slip-ins, footwear you can just get your kids to step into and their shoes are on. You don't need to bend over. You don't need to sit on the floor and try to wrangle them on. And they're available in all types of Skechers styles with and without laces, and most are machine washable. Find Skechers slip-ins for kids or mom and dad at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish shoes are sold. If you owe the IRS 10000 or more in taxes, please listen to this important message. The IRS is aggressively hiring and quickly ramping up their tax collection team. Act now and protect yourself with a call to Tax Alliance. Don't let the money you owe the IRS keep you up at night and ruin your life. You may be surprised at how much having Tax Alliance on your side can protect you from the IRS collections and help you save thousands on what you owe. Here's what a customer had to say. Tax Alliance did an amazing job helping me through a quite difficult situation, saving me tens and thousands of dollars that I would have been paying for many years to come. Tax Alliance is rated A-plus with a Better Business Bureau with no consumer complaints. If you owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes, have unfiled returns, or have a payment plan and are still frustrated, call Tax Alliance now for a free consultation. 800-987-1054. 800-987-1054. That's 800-987-1054. Tax Alliance, your tax resolution solution. If it's happening in New York or across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, as we continue to roll through on the National Day of Prayer episode of Kevin McCullough Radio, we're glad to have you with us. Um, One of the things that we have talked a lot about, particularly coming out of COVID, one of the dangers that uh, the COVID environment uh, visited upon us is this idea when the checks started flowing out of Washington uh, that people would give up work in exchange for getting money in other ways, uh, and they would they would do it for as long as they could and kind of see how long it would last. And certainly that is exactly what happened. In fact, we have uh, a great lack of accountability in Washington, D.C., on where a lot of the money went that was sent to people. Some states, by the way, didn't spend all of their COVID relief funds. And they have, they have I, I think it's into the trillions of dollars of, of money that has not been spent or allocated that that Washington sent it out to have people use. So it's a very interesting concept in uh, the post-COVID era to start talking about social benefits from the government and what should be required of people that receive them, which is exactly what my next guest has done over at Heritage.org with a very interesting piece that she posted on April the 26th called Why Work Requirements Are Less About Welfare Savings Than About Human Well-Being. Leslie Ford is her name, and she joins us now. Leslie, thank you for being here. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. When I was reading your piece, I was reminded of the days of Jack Kemp. Now, this goes way back in the political uh, psyche for people, but when he ran for president the very first time, one one of the terms that he talked about were empowerment zones, and we saw uh, not long after him, we saw in the uh, Reagan era, we saw the establishment of something called workfare. We saw in, under Bill Clinton uh, an idea of welfare reform where people were going to be incentivized more by work than to just receive a check uh, for, from the welfare department. 
Um, but you've taken all of this a step further in describing how it's a good thing for humans to have work associated with these benefits that they would get. First of all, can you can you give us an idea of how bad the problem is right now and, and what is what is the objective of what we're looking at in terms of where we need to get to? Sure, of course. So the situation is quite bad right now. I mean, you've laid it out. Really, the social safety net is really paying people more than work will. So a lot of people are choosing to stay home. We have about 7 million men who aren't working and they're not looking for work. And our social safety net programs have really ballooned, especially since the pandemic. We have about 5 more million more people on food stamp programs. And we have about 20 million more people who are on uh, health benefits like Medicaid. And this is creating a situation where people are staying on the sidelines. And, of course, we can look at this from a purely debt perspective. You know, we're nearly $32 trillion in debt. We're spending a lot of money on helping these people stay on the sidelines. But really, when it comes to a human dignity question, in my mind, that's the more interesting question. And you brought up the 1996 welfare reform that President Biden signed when he was a senator and President Bill Clinton at the time signed. It was really a bipartisan reform because people recognized that, hey, maybe we shouldn't have people sitting on the sidelines. Maybe there's a better way to bring them back into the workforce. And what was so interesting to me is that we saw incredible positive benefits when we started applying what we call then work requirements, which is really just asking someone to look for work or participate in training or education for 20 hours a week. And what happened then is we saw poverty drop by about two-thirds. Incredible. Clinton, and I give him credit for this, as a common-sense kind of American, to move off of his uh, party's hard position to do what was right for the country overall. I don't see that kind of courage on the political left anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting because President Clinton, when he ran in 92, he ran on ending welfare as we know it. That was his faith. And he did veto what the Republicans sent to him a couple times. And then eventually he and the Democrats came to where the Republicans were and passed meaningful reform. Um, and you're right. The situation we're in now it's 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 kind of different. So the, the Republicans in the House under Speaker McCarthy, they passed a debt ceiling deal just last week that would apply the same kind of work requirements just to childless adults. We're, the welfare bill in 96 went even further. It included parents of school aged kids. So what uh, McCarthy is asking for and what the Republicans in the Senate are asking for is just applying work requirements to childless adults, people who aren't disabled, they're not elderly, they don't, they're not taking care of anyone in, in the houses. And it's surprising that the Democrats in the Senate and even President Biden, they're not even coming to the negotiation table at this point. And the debt ceiling is, you know, this is coming closer and closer. We're in May now and They have to make a decision. They have to come to an agreement by June 1st. So it's real time. We're going to see how it plays out. Um, You you have several good points uh, in your piece. And again, it's at heritage.org, and it's titled Why Work Requirements Are Less About Welfare Savings Than About Human Well-Being. By the way, she doesn't say that there aren't uh, welfare savings involved in all of this. There there are. But when you talk about reducing poverty by two-thirds, that helps the government in welfare savings because it's you've got two-thirds more people that are financially independent of needing the government to take care of them. They, they're, they've, they've moved away from you know the parent, and now they're, they're supporting themselves again, which is really what you ultimately want your entire population to be able to do. Yeah, so, I mean, just the government savings of not paying these benefits anymore, that's, you know, $120 billion over 10 years. But also, like you said, these people are going to be engaged back in the workforce. So we're going to see them start paying into Social Security and Medicare as well. So we're going to see more funds coming in that way. But as you pointed out, it's really about their long-term well-being. So obviously, they go back to work and they're earning a wage, and that has dramatic effects for them and their family. We see life expectancy go up when people return to work. We see depressive and mental health systems uh, symptoms go down. The most incredible thing to me is that we see children's educational outcomes increase dramatically. That's what we saw after the 96 reform. So not only are we getting people back into the workforce and we're saving government money, we're actually improving people's lives and stopping intergenerational poverty from occurring in the first place. So on every measure that you can look at, work requirements 
they work and they matter. There's one statistic that you include that show that uh, when families have only even one parent working, the positive Im- uh, impact uh, goes uh, beyond the economic um, outcomes alone and, and increases uh, a lot of other satisfactions as well. Overall family happiness goes up, etc. Friends, this is a very, very important principle, and it's something that I hope uh, does not get scrapped from the McCarthy um, debt ceiling bill that uh, they've, they've sent. The, the House did their job. They voted on it. It's in the Senate and the president's hands now to see where it goes. Um, always appreciate it. Leslie, thank you for being with us, and thanks for the good work. Thanks so much for having me on. Great to chat with you. You got it. Again, if you want to see Leslie's piece, it's over at Heritage.org. They're celebrating 50 years of making a difference over at Heritage. Heritage Heritage.org, Heritage.org. Kevin McCullough, my final thought, straight ahead. Reverse mortgages may seem complicated and even a bit scary, but it doesn't have to be. You have options. Your home is your biggest investment and often your biggest asset. Hi, Todd Avakian here. And Andrew Del Rey from Sierra Pacific Mortgage. Reverse mortgages are a way to get cash out of your home and eliminate your monthly mortgage payments forever. You pay back the loan when you no longer live in your property. Andrew and I have helped countless people get a reverse mortgage. It might not be right for everybody, but when it is, it truly is a life changer, helping you preserve your way of life in difficult times. If you're considering a reverse mortgage or need more information on how it works, we'll give you an honest assessment of the options available to you and creative solutions to solve your mortgage issues. Give us a call at 888-888-1172. That's 888-888-1172. Or reach out to us online at andrewandtodd.com. That's 888-888-1172 or andrewandtodd.com. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Oil keeps going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're a serious and qualified SEC-accredited investor, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects. The U.S. government needs your investment in oil and is allowing you to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a very active oil and gas operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Get this big tax deduction for 2022. Hurry before it's too late. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Dennis Prager is tired of the fear-mongering. Al Gore and these other crackpots have been saving the world since 1990 at least. Every 12 years we're warned it's too late if we don't do anything. And we uh, do almost nothing except ruin people's lives. The damage that the, 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 the latest panic mongers are doing is daily in the news. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at 1 right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 970. The Answer. They say they'll get your biggest tax refund. Jackson Hewitt says your biggest tax refund guaranteed and a chance to double your tax refund. Thousands in weekly prizes during the double your refund sweepstakes. Your biggest refund times two, twice the money. So forget about them. File your taxes on the double at Jackson Hewitt today. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Open to U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return. Promotion ends 4223. Visit jacksonhewitt.com for rules. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store. What you need to know when you need it. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, uh, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. When people write about this portion of, um, I don't know, American history and what's happening here and kind of, uh, I don't know, where the wheels fell off. Um, there's there's always going to be kind of things that you can point to and say, uh, yeah, that that certainly was a surprise coming down the pike. I I talked a little bit. Uh, I've done this in written editorial, and of course on the air for some time. Um, 
But the purpose of our military exists for two very simple reasons. And you may not like the reasons that they exist for, but nevertheless, that is the purpose of every military. Going back to the the very first military, uh, if you go back to the Roman Empire or the Greek Empire, or you know, they they always had uh, armies assembled to do two things: kill the enemy and to break things. That's that's the that's the end result of what a military has to be ready to do. So when you see stories like the one that came out this week. You scratch your head and you say, how does this impact us from that standpoint of being ready to to kill people and and break things? Uh, The New York Post from today, uh, from yesterday. Uh, The U.S. Navy invited an active duty drag queen to be a digital ambassador as part of a recent drive, quote, to attract the most talented and diverse workforce and combatant plunging recruitment and combat plunging recruitment. So let me pause right there. This is the goal of what they've set out to do, and this is the reason why they're setting it. The, the, the reason is they have fewer and fewer people signing up to serve in the military, and we're an all-volunteer force in the U.S. And the people that do serve, it's been my experience, have great pride in putting on the uniform of the United States and being ready to defend our country when called upon. Uh, having a brother-in-law who's in active duty right now. I know that they take their work seriously. So the administration creates this digital ambassador program where they hire people to go out and say, hey, come join the military. It's really, really good. And they picked someone from the Navy to be one of these digital ambassadors who serves as a drag queen. And he's grateful because he's had the chance to express now his drag queen-ness to not only his fellow people serving, servicemen and women, but now to the greater world saying, hey, come be part of the U.S. military and you can be a drag queen like me. There's a lot more to this story. I don't have time to get into it, but just leave this thought with you. How do you think this story is being interpreted in Beijing, Moscow, and Tehran? Right this second. I'm Kevin McCullough. 